Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimeology. This is episode 108. I will warn you now, it's going to be a shorter episode. This is one of those episodes that it's pretty point blank to the period. Blank. Yep. What? Words. You want to try that again? Point. What is the saying? It's to the point. That's what I mean. You really broke my brain there because I couldn't even think of it <laughs> after you said that. It's very to the point. Cut very, and dry. Yes, cut and dry. And so, very short episode. But before we get into it, make sure to do all of the things. We have Instagram and Facebook, both at Crimeology Pod. Um, so make sure to go follow us on both of those things. We post our source material on there, obviously pictures and that kind of stuff. But so make sure to go check all those out. We have an email, crimeologypod at gmail.com. So make sure to go look at that and send us any suggestions, comments, concerns, anything. Um, I'm already pre-looking at next season and kind of what I want the theme to be. I quotation marks around theme. So if you have ideas or comments or suggestions, let me know. Um, so that way we can start looking at those and start getting a plan for those. So make sure to do all of those things. Rate us, review us, um, share with your friends, all of those things. Now let's get started with this week's episode. This is episode 108, The Turpin Family. So we're talking about David and Louise Turpin, who had 13 children and lived in what is now known as the House of Horrors. So the couple grew up religious and took a Bible verse that says, be fruitful and multiply, literally, which is why they have so many children. As the couple grew together and had more children, they started to grow away from their traditional religion, and they started to live by their own religion, which just kind of ended up being like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. They liked this part about this religion, but not this, so they would only follow this custom and not that custom, that kind of thing. I think that's the scariest type of people. Where they're like, oh, yes, I like this and this and this one. It's like a grocery store of religions. Yeah, like, that's, that's never this, good. I don't want that. Yeah. So it, you can only imagine on that side of things what kind of family this is. So, But the family always lived in pretty decent neighborhoods. And the house from the outside, like you wouldn't be able to tell anything was going on inside. Sometimes neighbors would get peeks into the house, though, and they would be caught off guard with what they saw. So they would see trash everywhere. Every surface in the house was covered with just junk. Neighbors would see the babies of the family in a playpen, but no adults around to watch them. They knew that the family had many children, but they never saw the kids. So they were the kids were said to be homeschooled, but they still never saw the kids outside playing, outside working on the yard. They like never saw the family. So it was also one of those that you're like, yeah, we've got neighbors. They're in there somewhere. There's 15 of them. But do we ever see any of them? No. They're just weird. 
Neighbors would also say that the family did errands, chores, and housework at night. They would come home at night and they were able to see this kids just walking down the hallway, just going back and forth, back and forth for like hours. We can guess now that the family only did housework at night to try to hide the kids from the neighbors so no one saw them. But at the time, people just thought the family was strange. And for some reason, they never called officials to report anything. They just kind of let the family live and just kind of was like, well, yeah, they're odd. Yeah, that's one of those things of like, you can't really like call police and be like, I think there's something weird going on there. Because I mean, like, I mean, if I, you know, there's weird stuff that's happened in my neighborhood before and I'm, but I'm still like, eh. I'll let it sort itself out unless it's just like really gets weird. So it's just, there was one neighbor in particular who worked nights. And so I think he said he got home like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And he said he, in his driveway, like you'd be able to see into the second story of the house. And literally you would just see the kids walk back and forth and back and forth. And he was like, it kind of was like their exercise, like because they weren't outside, like they walked to the hallway as exercises like he that is what it looked like walking back and forth yeah that would be pretty weird though to see kids just like walking down the hallway like repeatedly i don't at three four a.m yeah that yeah so david and louise also loved las vegas and disney world to the point that David and Louise renewed their vows three different times in Vegas by an Elvis impersonator. So did you know that it, it's it's now um, it's banned in Las Vegas? That's sad. For Elvis impersonators. Oh. So it was basically a like when it's did that a happen? uh like summer of last year Aww, somewhere around sad. there. So basically, it was just like because. Basically, it was just a giant licensing thing. And so it was just one of those things of the basically Elvis's family or mm-hmm. whatever the trust thing or whatever. They were like, yeah, we don't want this anymore. Because basically you could go buy an Elvis suit and then you could make right. dumb amount of money without any type of royalties or any type of or anything like that. Wow. End of an era. There we go. Just wanted to. That's sad. Stephen's fun fact of the day. So when the family would go on these trips, they would bring the kids with them. So this also helps the family out because, like, you don't abuse your kids at home and then to they take them to somewhere like Disney World, right? So, like, this also helps them in the sense that nobody thinks anything is going on. Even though you're weird at home and you're only doing chores at night, like, but you're also taking your kid to Disney World all the time. So, like, surely it's not that bad, right? So as time goes by, a couple of the children had stolen cell phones and were able to get glimpses into the world outside of their home. They discovered social media and found out that you could talk with people from all over the world. So they start talking with people on the internet where they start to explain their living situations because obviously this is all they know, so they don't really know that this is bad or different. But when the kids start talking with other people, the people online tell them they need to get help, that this is not how parents should be treating their kids, and that they need to call police. So this is the time that some of the older siblings create a plan to help get everybody out. 
So January 14th, 2018, the siblings worked together to take pictures of their living conditions and some of the abuse that was going on as proof for police. And then one sibling sneaks out of her window with a disconnected cell phone and calls police. She tells police about the abuse and her siblings having been being living in and has the pictures to back up her story. So police go to the house saying that they were there for a welfare check. Then they walk into the house of horrors. They walk in and they see trash, rotten food, dead animals, and just junk on every single surface. As police continue their search, they discover the 13 siblings. Some children were chained to their beds, and at this time, one sibling in particular had been chained to their bed for 15 days as a form of punishment. Other punishments they would receive were beatings or being denied food and being starved for days at a time. The children had to ask their parents for permission to do anything. If they wanted to eat, they had to ask permission. If they wanted to use the restroom, they had to ask permission. If they wanted to take a shower, they had to ask permission. If they even wanted to talk to another sibling, they had to ask for permission. Sometimes the parents would tell them that they weren't allowed to use the restroom, so the kids were forced to use the bathroom in their bedroom, worse being when the children were chained to their beds, so then they had to lay in their own filth. So when police found all of the kids, they first reported that it looked like all of the children were under the age of 18 because the siblings were so malnourished and beaten. But in reality, at the time the siblings were found, they ranged from the ages of 2 to 29 years old. At the time the siblings were found, One 13-year-old had the arm circumference of a three-month-old because they were so malnourished, and the 29-year-old only weighed 84 pounds. Majority of these children had never seen a doctor in their life. The siblings were found malnourished, bruised, and caked in dirt. The siblings would later tell police that they were only able to eat once a day, and that they were only able to bathe once a year. The parents were arrested on the spot and taken into custody. They were charged with 14 counts, including cruelty to a dependent adult, child cruelty, torture, and false imprisonment. This was a pretty fast trial and and sentencing even, So in April, they were both sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. The children were brought to a hospital where they would spend months getting checked on and taken care of. But unfortunately, the story doesn't stop here. October of 2019, five children were put into a foster home that was also abusive and their torture continued. They were beat with different objects and were struck in the head multiple times. They were forced to eat an excessive amount of food and then forced to eat their own vomit. They also said that their foster father would grope and fondle the kids. 
This foster family was later also arrested and charged with abuse of multiple of the multiple children in their care. In 2020, it was reported that the children are now living independently. They're working and going to school, one sibling having graduated from college already. But the siblings' legal battles continue as they are currently suing the foster care system that put them back into an abusive home. But they're also dealing with legal battles for money that people from the public gave to the siblings to help them out that the siblings have never been able to get a hold of to help them out for various reasons. So this is one of those stories that we may be able to come back and look at later on. Right. But it's one of those that like they go through literally this whole life of torture and abuse and then they get taken out of this situation. They get put into foster care and you're like, oh, great. Like a normal house just to be put right back into an abusive home. And then you're taken out of that foster home. And then you're like, oh, here's hundreds of thousands of dollars that the public has given the family. But for some reason, and I didn't really look into it for some reason, the government or whoever, has rights to the money is like yeah this money isn't for you like this money is for you but it's not for you stinking california oh sorry so it's this whole thing and it was a lot like like i said this is going to be a shorter episode and it's one of those point blank period stories but it's got a lot obviously it's got a lot to it but then it's even got a lot more to it because it's not finished yet. And there's so much that you're still like, hello, <laughs> like, right. have we seen what they have to deal with? So this yeah, is one of those. That's pretty. I mean, this, this will probably be a good one. Cause I think it, I think I read where they're, where both of them are. Oh yeah. And you did say it already, but 25, um, sentenced to life with possibility of parole after 25 mm-hmm. years. Uh, you know, I think we just keep them there. I mean, I don't know exactly their ages. I think when they arrested, they were like 40, 50. So 25 years is a while. Yeah, you might as well just keep them in. Right. (laughs) Might as well. Might as well. Listen, 70, 80 years old. Yeah. You're it. Like, you're done. (laughs) Okay, well. (laughs) Sam has a very rich, I work in death. I can rich say history it. of living long, apparently. Listen. Or knowing people that don't live long. It's a joke. but It's a death joke. It's okay. But I'm sh- Only funny to us. <laughs> Mainly you. All right. I know. I work in a hospice. I can make jokes. <laughs> I'm not a sick and twisted individual. I am, but I'm not. Yeah, you are. So anyways. <laughs> also, I have not heard of this one, so. Oh, there you go. She's a big, so one of the siblings, her name is Jordan Turpin. She's a big TikTok star now. Mm. Um, And so that's how you can, like when you go live on TikTok, you can gift people money. And so that's how pretty much she supports her siblings because of all of this money that the public gave them. And for some reason, they're not able to get a hold of it. She now kind of relies on people in that way to just send her money directly so anyways shout out to her if you want to go help so yeah that's it episode 108 
short and sweet to the point, probably our shortest one. Um, but like I said, I mean, they're so she, like I said, she's so active on social media now. Um, I don't know how old she is, maybe 17, 18, if that. Um, so she's still all over social media. I don't know about any of her other siblings, but she's pretty much the main because she's the one that escaped. And so go look her up. Um, if you want to help, help do all of those things. So yeah, episode 108, like I said, go make sure to follow, subscribe, share, do all of those things. Five stars, review us, rate us. Um, we'll be back hopefully with a longer episode. These last couple of episodes I feel like have been really short. Um, so maybe we'll get a long one next week. Maybe not. Who knows? Anyways, <laughs> thank y'all for coming back. Like always, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Criminology. Criminology.